0: TubeCityOnline.com. This is Two Rivers Thirty Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the Mckeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the executive director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monongah area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Well, if you grew up in Pittsburgh, or if you drive in Pittsburgh now, you probably have seen the little signs that say Belt Route, or Orange Belt, or Yellow Belt. In McKeesport, we're on the uh, Orange Belt and the Yellow Belt, the uh, East Hills area of. The city of Pittsburgh, Swissvale, Edgewood, that area, I believe, is on the Blue Belt. What are these belt routes that uh, that literally circle Pittsburgh? Well, there was an article this month in CityLab uh, at CityLab.com, the CityLab website, by a writer from Pittsburgh who has studied the belt. Well, a writer from Youngstown who has studied the belt routes. Uh, Vince Guerreri is on the phone with us. He is a newspaper editor, freelance writer. You may have seen his work in uh, venues such as Deadspin and, I believe, Pied Popular Mechanics and the Smithsonian. Good morning, Vince. How are you? Good. Am I correct? Uh, the Smithsonian Magazine, uh, Popular Mechanics, Deadspin.
1: Well, online, but uh, yeah, that, those are—I've uh, been in all of them.
0: So, uh, give people your website so they can find out more information about you.
1: VinceGuerreri.com. b i m c e g u e r r i e r i
0: Thank dot you, f- com. Dot com. Um, and you are currently uh, an editor at which newspapers?
1: The Illyria Chronicle Telegram and Medina Gazette, just outside of Cleveland.
0: Uh, you grew up in Youngstown, though, but and, and you worked at the Pittsburgh Tribune Review, correct? All true statement. So when where did this interest in the belt routes in Pittsburgh develop?
1: Well, studying uh, the belt system is, is kind of a grandiose way to put it. I kind of got lost on the belt system a lot. That's, that's where it all started because i moved to pittsburgh to take the job at the trip and uh pittsburgh is not an easy city to navigate if you are not from there
0: no correct
1: and it's i i like i said in the story i got lost a lot (laughs) i was starting out there and and eventually you start to realize that these these belts are uh kind of there to to at least theoretically make it easier for you to navigate your way around. I mean, obviously, they use existing surface streets. They date back to the early 40s, but uh, so, I mean, it's not like you're traveling at high speed, but... Really, are you ever traveling at high
0: speed anywhere in the Pittsburgh area? It uh, doesn't seem like it. Uh, Vince Guerrero is on the phone with us. He is a uh, freelance writer and newspaper editor. I think it's also fair to call you a historian. Uh, a lot of your uh, stories focus on the Rust Belt, um, in particular uh, the Ohio-Cleveland-Youngstown-Toledo Corridor. Um, you are a historian of, of those cities in Ohio. But you've written this story for CityLab um, that is called The Map That Unlocked the Mystery of Pittsburgh. So when I when I drive around Pittsburgh and I see these little white square signs, sometimes by themselves or sometimes in, in conjunction with other road signs, and it says Orange Belt or Yellow Belt. What, what is that?
1: Well, it, obviously the, the Pittsburgh area seems to be designed as uh, the roads are a hub and spoke system. Everything kind of radiates out from downtown, uh, and that was with uh, the roads. And and I mean even when they when they ended up building the highways in Pittsburgh. But uh, the belts are uh, a color-coded system of roads that go around the city at, at various lengths. The, the the blue belt is the innermost one, and that goes through uh, some city neighborhoods and some first-ring suburbs. And and then from there, it's it's colored, you know, like a rainbow. The outside of the blue belt, is the green belt. Outside of the green belt, is the yellow belt. Outside of the yellow belt, the orange belt. Outside of the orange belt, the orange belt is the red belt, and uh, there are ways to get around the city without
0: having to, to go through downtown. Uh, take me back a little bit further, though, because when I we're talking with Vince Guerrero, he is a historian and a freelance writer, uh, and he's written a story that is that is I think is very fun about the Belt Route system uh, that is is fairly unique to Pittsburgh. We're going to get to that um, uh, later on in the half hour. But when, when I drive out, for instance, to uh, Cleveland or uh, Columbus, you know, the, the roads are in a grid pattern, right? It's, it's kind of like um, Manhattan Island. In New York City, where if you are at East 10th Street and you need to get to East 96th Street, well, you know you've got like 86 blocks to go, right? Um, and you just sort of follow whatever road you're on, and eventually you're, you're going to get there. You, you don't really get that in Pittsburgh. Why is that? And, and Cincinnati, that's why I brought that up, because Cincinnati is kind of the same way. You don't really get those nice grid patterns.
1: Well, uh, obviously, in one of the advantages that places like Cleveland and, and Manhattan and and Chicago has, is they are far flatter than uh, Pittsburgh. In fact, one of my friends, when I, I wrote this story, he said, whenever I was in Pittsburgh, I thought of myself as a drop of water. As long as I kept going downhill, I knew eventually <laughs> I'd get to a river.
0: That works. But, uh,
1: yes, apparently. I mean, he, he's back in Chicago now, so he figured out his way to, uh, to leave. He's not <laughs> still wandering around there. But Pittsburgh was one of those cities that was kind of in a uh, an interesting spot. Because cities usually sprout up on waterways just because of ease of transportation and, and ease of, you know, getting there and, and transporting goods to uh, to there and from there. And that's kind of what happened with Pittsburgh because obviously it's the confluence of, of three rivers. And so all this development grew up along the riverbanks. And then, you know, they kind of built everything else out haphazardly and you had hills and you had mountains and you had rivers and you had tunnels and you had bridges. And, and it is. Uh, the city has been described as something that is ungridable.
0: And a lot of these roads, it seems to me, and and I think you referenced this in your story, some of these roads date back to uh, Native American days or to early um, settler days, correct? I mean, these were wagon routes.
1: Uh, Some of them in Pittsburgh, but uh, obviously a lot of them in and around. I mean, you know, you go down to Washington County, they still have that big garage sale on the uh, old National Road on, on Route 40, and that road dates back to you know, like
0: the early 1800s. We're talking with um, Vince Guerrero. He is a historian, uh, freelance writer, and newspaper editor. Uh, He has written a story for CityLab.com. You can go there and read it. It's called The Map That Unlocked the Mysteries of Pittsburgh. Um, You uh, mentioned that uh, as a young journalist, you started working at the Tribune Review in 1999. Uh, You uh, got an apartment out in Carnegie. And... um, W- 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 you you discovered this belt route system a- as an outsider from you said an old Rand McNally map that you inherited. You think from your grandfather?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. I had uh, a whole bunch of maps up, and and it, it looked like a bunch of roads were were gone over with a highlighter. And and my grandfather was many things, but he was not the type of guy that would use a highlighter for anything. And you know they had a little key on the back, and they said these are the belts, and and it kind of all locked into place because. You know, you're driving around, and as a, a reporter, you're supposed to be observant, and you keep noticing these signs for the yellow belt, and the orange belt, and the blue belt. And you know, like, what are all these for? And it kind of all, you know, it, it, I, I kind of figured it all out because you know, if you have the time, you can you can get from one end of the county to the other in uh, uh, just traveling the belts.
0: And and never actually hit on a, a limited access road like the, the parkway or the turnpike, except going under it or, or over it. Um, we're going to have a break coming up, but tell us, who was the guy that invented this?
1: Uh, he was a, an engineer with... Uh, um
0: Joseph White, I think, is is the story that is in your story.
1: But he was a guy that, that kind of uh, mapped this all out so you could uh, get around. And, and, and that kind of travel was, was in flower at that point.
0: What were some of the first highway signs as a, as a historian? I mean, did, were they put up by governments or were they put up by groups? Like, wasn't there like a Lincoln Highway Association that stuck the route markers up?
1: You know, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm actually working on something on the uh, establishment of the Lincoln Highway. You know, they started building, when they started building cars, they were, you know, horseless carriages, and people who kept carriages could keep a car. That was usually people that were upper class or, or, or even the wealthy. And then Henry Ford starts building the Model T, and all of a sudden, everybody can buy one. And they said, well, gee, we should do something about the roads, too. So this group of, uh, the, the Lincoln Highway Association was formed from a bunch of auto manufacturers who saw it as a great promotional tool, and it's something that, quite honestly, was was necessary to do as well. And they built the national, uh, the the Lincoln Highway, which went from New York to San Francisco. And um, they they kind of, one of the reasons they built it is because they said these are needed. And, you know, that kind of, set off the idea of governments building roads and building highways and
0: and things like that. Let's pause right there. Vince Guerreri is our guest. Uh, He's a historian. We're talking uh, in particular about the Allegheny County Belt Route System, Uh, but you can find a lot of Vince's articles um, all over the place, but you can go to his website, uh, vinceguerreri.com V-I-N-C-E-G-U-E-R-R-I-E-R-I dot com. When we come back, let's pick it up there with this idea that government should be involved in building building highways. What a concept, okay? You're listening to Two Rivers, 30 Minutes. Support comes from the readers of TubeCityOnline.com and the Tube City Almanac, and we thank them for their support. If you'd like to contribute, please visit our website, call us at 412-614-9659, or email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com. Welcome back. Our guest this morning is Vince Guerreri. He is a writer, author, uh, newspaper editor. Uh, you may have seen his work in Ohio history, uh, Smithsonian, Popular Mechanics, uh, Deadspin, many other publications. He has a new article out at CityLab.com. It's called The Map That Unlocked the Mysteries of Pittsburgh, and that map uh, was the belt route system uh, developed in the 1940s. We're going to get a little bit more into that history, into the weeds, so to speak, uh, uh, after we, we take care of a couple of other things. Um, When we took the break, we were talking about the development of the Lincoln Highway. That was sort of the first transcontinental route, correct? Yep, New York to San Francisco. But it it was not a—in the 1950s, under the Eisenhower administration, we built the interstate system. This was not a highway, necessarily, that was built just for the Lincoln Highway. A lot of it was existing, pre-existing roads. Right. They they took
1: a lot of roads that were—they built some new roads, but they took a lot of roads that were— uh, already existent and made it as the uh, he gave him the designation as part of the Lincoln Highway. And most of the Lincoln Highway became uh, U.S. Route 30 uh, about a decade later when they actually started uh, doing federal highway construction. But, you know, I'm glad you brought up Eisenhower, because he was an Army officer that was on a convoy that traveled the Lincoln Highway in 1919. And, you know, it was one of those moments where he really saw... You know, he saw the the value of of those kinds of roads, and he saw that value again uh, when he was in Europe during World War II and saw the autobahn. And and both of those were were kind of uh, factors in in him signing the Interstate Highway Act when he was president.
0: The, the, so they took the Lincoln Highway, for instance, and they they paved it with what brick, concrete, stone? What did they pave it with?
1: Pretty much all of the above. Right? Yeah. It depends on where you were. There were no there were no highway standards at that point. Um, you know, some, uh, one of the other things I uncovered, I, I did a story for Dead Spin about stadium construction, is a lot of, uh, construction materials, particularly when you're talking, uh, about concrete, were proprietary still at that point. Really? Uh, to the point where, you know, everybody kind of had, uh, the, the same basic formula applied. You know, you had cement mix, you had some fill, you had some water, but, uh, how they, how they laid it all out, you know, what they, you, manufactured to, to use in this where we're
0: different from company to company. You, you stick your finger in and, and taste it and figure it's too too much sand or too much lime. Uh, that's not really what you do. Uh, Vince Guerrero is our guest this morning and we're talking a little bit about the history of, of the, the convoluted road system, uh, the, the old joke in Pittsburgh of course that you can't get there from <laughs> here. Were there other highways that then copied the idea of the Lincoln Highway that they would post s- signs and, and signposts and, and direct you on a certain route?
1: Actually, yes, there is uh, a highway. uh, The the Lincoln Highway was was east to west, New York to San Francisco. But there's a highway from uh, north to south, from Michigan down into the south, called the Dixie Highway. And it's kind of interesting, because even then there was always this this tension about, you know, who owns the story of the Civil War? And they said, well, if we're going to... And part of it was the the highway went to the Old South. So, you know, they could call it Dixie, but one of the uh, early boosters of it was the uh confederate daughters of of america that wanted to uh see this project get that get that kind of namesake and and i believe there was even uh at one point a jefferson davis highway as well
0: does that does that go through western ohio because i feel like i've been on the dixie highway um around it the dayton does. area
1: it goes actually it starts in michigan right around detroit and goes down through toledo and and dayton and and into cincinnati and you know, you kind of, from there, there are two routes, and one takes you to, to Florida, and I think the other takes you to Atlanta.
0: And is it, is it still, like the Lincoln Highway, there's been a lot of effort um, uh, over the last decade or so but, to memorialize, uh, they've, they've found some of the old highway markers, they've painted them up, especially in, in Pennsylvania, they've done a very good job of uh, sort of resurrecting some of the old highway signs and things. Is the Dixie Highway the same way? Have people, do you know if they've resurrected the old signposts and so forth?
1: I think that it's it's definitely I think it's more of a curiosity than the Lincoln Highway is. Okay. Because I was in Toledo and and when I was in college and uh, there was a street called Dixie Highway and I said, "What the hell is a Dixie Highway doing in Toledo?" Because <laughs> it seemed it does seem kind of incongruous, right, in this corner of the universe.
0: Right, right, and from Michigan, it certainly seems a little bit strange. Um. Uh, let's, let's get back uh, a little bit closer to home here in Pittsburgh. So this engineer, Joseph White, works for the Allegheny County uh, Department of Public Works. And, and I believe that by that point, like the, the parkway, uh, or at least part of it was under construction, um, in, in, in the 1940s. But he gets this idea that they're going to use the existing surface roads around Pittsburgh and they're going to do basically the same idea as the Lincoln Highway. They're going to take those surface roads and they're going to mark them with these belt routes.
1: Well, yeah. The, at that point, the the Pennsylvania tur- the, ini- the initial section of the Pennsylvania Turnpike had opened, and, and part of the Parkway even today is is Route Thirty, the the old Lincoln Highway. Uh, but they're going to, and and that's what everybody did. That's what Route Sixty Six did too. They they took a lot of they did some new construction and they did some some route designations. Uh, route Six is like that too through the United States. In fact, up here in Northern Ohio, I, I believe it's the the Grand Army of the Republic Highway. But, uh, yeah, he designated these belts, and, you know, it was kind of a way to uh, alleviate traffic through uh, through the city center, because, I mean, at that point, too, uh, there was an awful lot of smog in the city of Pittsburgh to the point where... Uh, I believe
0: they kept street lights on during the day. Yes, that was the old, uh, yeah. It, it, uh, the street lights would come on at noon sometimes and the, you see old pictures of cars with the headlights on and the streetcars uh, with their headlights on. Uh, Vince Guerreri is our guest. He's a freelance writer. You've probably have seen his work. You may not have realized it. You can go to his website, V I N C E G U E R R I E R I V-I-N-C-E, G-U-E-R-R-I-E-R-I.com, or you can just go to citylab.com and read his new article, uh, The Map That Unlocked the Mysteries of Pittsburgh. You are also in uh, you, some of your work has been collected recently in a uh, book or magazine. Tell us about that.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. They, they uh, I've actually done work for a couple of uh, the belt publishing anthologies. I've worked for. I've done some work for their magazines too. Uh, next year is the second edition of their amp- of their Youngstown anthology, Car Bombs to Cookie Tables. Uh, the <laughs> first, yeah, right. Because when you think of Youngstown, that's up.
0: You, you so do. The first, yeah. the
1: first edition, I uh, contributed some about you know the, the three sports figures that made living in Youngstown in the 1980s a little less bleak: Boo Mancini, Bernie Kosar, and Jim Tressel. For the second edition, uh, I contributed a piece that I actually wrote for the magazine uh, last year, right around this time last year, about the uh, news that the Lordstown GM plant was going to be closed down. Actually,
0: the term they used was unallocated. Right. Uh, un- unallocated, and then you find your paycheck is unallocated as well. We have to take, uh, unfortunately, an- another break. The time goes quickly. When we come back, um, I- I'd like to know if-, if you found out if any other cities have imitated this belt route system. And I also want to hear a little bit more about your personal experience uh, that you describe in this story for City Lab, okay? All right. Uh, Vince Guerrero is our guest. We're talking about the Allegheny County belt route system and some of the history of highway construction. Uh, Construction in the United States, believe it or not, uh, specifically with a focus on the, the Three Rivers area. You are tuned to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport. We'll be back in 30 seconds to wrap things up. You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media, Incorporated. If you've got an idea for someone who you'd like us to interview, or a question or comment, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Uh, welcome back. Our guest this morning is Vince Guerreri. He's written a new article for City Lab. It's called "The Map That Unlocked the Mysteries of Pittsburgh." He's talking about the belt route system. Uh, when we took the break, uh, we had we talked a little bit about how the, the belt routes kind of imitated the the early highway uh, promoters like the Lincoln Highway, and you you talked about the Dixie Highway going from north to south, where they took existing surface roads and they they stuck signs on them. You discovered the belt route system when you relocated to the Pittsburgh area for work from from the young. Town area. Um, when you talk to native Pittsburghers uh, or natives of, the, of Western Pennsylvania, and you tell them, "Well, you're navigating the, the belt route system," how, how did they react? Did you find that native Pittsburghers use it as well?
1: Uh, blank stares mostly is how they react. This is one of those things that is of great help, and that's that's the reaction that I got when I when I wrote this. Uh, all my friends who were Pittsburgh transplants as well said this was great i used it all the time i loved reading this and all the people that i knew that were native pittsburghers just said wait those those signs actually mean something because it's one of those things when you know your way around pittsburgh you you kind of take it for granted that everybody does and and one of the things i mentioned in the story is that pittsburghers give out directions in strange ways
0: yeah how do we how do we give directions in the pittsburgh area
1: you say things like turn left where the golf station used to be (laughs) which is of no use to me because if I knew where the gold
0: station used to be, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be lost. You wouldn't need the directions in the first place. Uh, right. It, 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 but now here's wait, – wait a second, though, because you, you have spent a lot of your career in, in the Rust Belt. You grew up in Youngstown. You're working in Illyria in right now, so you're familiar with Cleveland, Toledo, um, all, all these Rust Belt cities, all these cities that were, were heavy steel manufacturing or, or manufacturing of one sort or another. They don't give directions like that in, in Cleveland or Youngstown?
1: Uh that sometimes they do, but nowhere near with the uh with, with the prevalence that they do in Pittsburgh. I promise you my, my grandfather, he of the he of the map. Um he called every convenience store in Isleys until the day he died.
0: <laughs> but, but but are are people in other metro areas more likely to actually refer to the correct street name or the correct road name?
1: Uh I don't know that there are more uh that there are any more. Um able to do that, but it it sure seems like maybe it's just, I don't ask for directions as many places as I did in Pittsburgh because, um, you know, like you said earlier in Cleveland, all the streets are, all the streets are numbered.
0: Kind of gridded. Yeah.
1: The lake is, the lake is always to the North and, and you can kind of figure out where it's easier to navigate around there than it is, you know, someplace like Pittsburgh where, uh, the roads were, were kind of assembled haphazardly. Um, the the Golden Triangle, uh, they had all the development along the the banks of the Allegheny. They had all the development along the banks of Mon. And then at some point they said, "Boy, I guess we gotta we gotta connect these all, don't we?" And that's that's why you know you see these these weird turns when you're going from. One street
0: to the next downtown. Let, let, let me ask you a question. This this should should seem obvious, but it, it probably isn't. Y- you mentioned uh, you mentioned in the story that Pittsburgh is basically ungridable as as coming up with those right angle, those nice right angle streets that are numbered like one to two hundred as they, as they are in uh, Saint Paul, Minnesota, or places like that that are flat. Why doesn't Pittsburgh have a beltway, a proper beltway system like? toledo like cleveland like columbus like some of these other metro areas
1: well i think part of it is that you know they kind of wanted a design that would um navigate that would bring people downtown i mean the idea of a beltway is to bypass fairly uh, is a fairly modern uh concept i mean up until uh, very recently you know the idea of the idea of suburbanization is really only about 75 years old okay so when they were laying out these streets you know they, they really didn't think oh gee we should have a, a highway that that goes all the way around and it's you know limited access and and that's you know kind of why uh you're running into the the that's the idea of behind and and we can debate the merits of this another time but you know that was the idea behind the Southern Beltway and the the Monfad Expressway. You uh-huh. so you needed these kind of five passing highways to get you from here to there because you know people don't live in cities quite to the level they used to Pittsburgh. Um, it, the, the population of the city of Pittsburgh is, what, about 400,000 now?
0: I think it's even less than that. I think it's closer to 350,000. I'd have to look it up. The, the metro area has stayed more or less consistent, about 1.2 million, but the, the it's dispersed, basically. Yeah,
1: that's, and that's exactly, and it's the same thing in Cleveland. I mean, you've got the same number of people, but, you, you know, you've got them taking up more space.
0: Um, you, you you left the Pittsburgh area in in 2005 and, and returned to Ohio. Uh, what has, if if this belt route system in Pittsburgh is so handy, especially for out of towners? Have any other cities done anything like this or copied anything like this?
1: I have never seen anything like it anywhere else. Admittedly, I'm not particularly well traveled, but, um, <laughs> but I have never seen anything like it. And and I I think part of that is probably because the farther west you get, the newer the cities become. And they're actually in a position where some of them may have the foresight to uh, grid it out. That's one of the things I, you alluded at the very beginning of the show to uh, Manhattan. Yeah. But that was, if you're ever down on the southern tip of Manhattan, I mean, it's just like the Golden Triangle. You have all these roads cut out and they don't meet at right angles. And it was in the late 1800s that, you know, they have the presence of mind to grid out the city. All the, uh, the 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 blocks are twice as long north to south as they are east to west. Uh, you know, you have.
0: Um, well, yeah, people who visit are, are people who visit like the avenues north to south. People who visit like Wall Street, for instance, are probably shocked to find out that it's it's not this big giant, you know, ten lane important street, but it's actually kind of narrow and squiggly. Because it's one of these, you know, the, one of the first streets on, on Manhattan Island. Right. What other, uh, you, you, you mentioned that you're going to be in, uh, if you're interested in Belt Magazine, by the way, beltmag.com is the website we're talking with, uh, Vince Careri. What are some other uh, projects that you're working on right now, Vince? You've done some uh, sports history as well. We alluded to that. Um, and I believe you've, you've written at least one book now.
1: Uh, written one book and uh, co-written another. My first book was the Ohio Sports trivia, and it's a collection of uh, you know all these these weird incidents and facts and famous athletes from from Ohio. Uh, my second book was The Blue Streets, the Little Giants, and it's about uh, it's a history of high school football in Northwest Ohio. And and uh, you know basically I uh, I will write for whoever will have it. kind of, my feet is kind of uh, specializes in. Hey, I didn't know anything about this. Uh, which is one of the reactions that uh I get from from a lot of the things that I wrote. I wrote a big piece for dead spin uh this year was the hundredth anniversary of the Jack Dempsey Jess Willard heavyweight prize fight in Toledo. And uh yeah, I got that comment a lot when I wrote about that.
0: Um, let's, 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 since we're just about out of time, let's wrap this up with the belt system. And, and I mentioned that, uh, McKeesport, uh, where we take the show, um, was on the yellow and orange belts, but I forgot it's also on the green belt. Um, so, so it, it, also seems to me that, that one of the things about this belt route system that was designed in the 1940s is a lot of times it, it's going where people lived in 1940, where the big population or business centers were after World War II. So it, is it kind of, a uh, a little bit of a history lesson, too, uh, about the Allegheny County Pittsburgh area?
1: Uh, it really is, especially when, you know, like we were talking about, uh, at that point there were still a lot of people that lived in the city or in, you know, what we now refer to as, as inner ring suburbs. Uh, but, I mean, obviously the, there's a series of, uh, of belts and they, they really encompass the county. I mean, the, the orange belt pretty much goes around to, to all the county parts, to all the the, the communities that border on other counties. You're in Moon Township. You're in you're in Upper St Clair. You're in South Fayette. You're in all these places that um, you know, obviously are, are fairly well suburbanized now. But at that point, we're still still farmland.
0: When you get back to Pittsburgh, do you do you still navigate using the belt route system?
1: Uh, when I'm going someplace that I haven't been before, absolutely.
0: Do, do, do you have a favorite of, of the belt routes?
1: Well, I've lived on the yellow belt, so it is a sentimental favorite.
0: <laughs> Vince, thank you so much. You can find uh, Vince's more of Vince's work and more about Vince at uh, VinceGuerreri.com. That's V-I-N-C-E-G-U-E-R-R-I-E-R-I.com. He is a newspaper editor in Elyria, Ohio. He is a historian about sports and esoterica, mostly from the 20th century Rust Belt. And uh, he joined us uh, somewhere from not on the belt route, but but... but uh, somewhere on the road between uh, Toledo and Detroit, uh, along with his wife. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us this morning, Vince. I promise it was my pleasure.